Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to our class Fit for Life. And we're not on our normal routine today. We are doing part two of the uh, pre-Freedom Encounter weekend. The the Lord, those of you that have been in class for a long time, you, you know that you know God kind of gives me examples of things that, uh, when I'm getting ready to teach. And um, so we have two examples today. My watch won't stay in its hoop, so I'm just going to ignore it. If it falls off, if you'll pick it up for me, okay? <laughs> So let me pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have given us so many signs in the universe to prove to us that you are our God, that you are faithful, that when we do what you tell us to do, we are safe. Now, Heavenly Father, you know all the stories and things that are circling around in my brain. And what I'm asking for you to do, Heavenly Father, actually, I'm speaking to my brain in the name of Jesus and by his blood and saying, brain, only deliver those things that need to be spoken in this class. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that everything that needs to be said will be said and the things that don't need to be said will be forgotten. We all came together and said, amen. Okay, so the Freedom Encounter is going to be Friday night, starting at 7 o'clock. And then Saturday morning, starting at 9 o'clock and, and ending about 3. Kid City will be open, but they are closing at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So it'll be just like a service. You know, when Kid City closes on a Sunday, but pastor is still praying for people, and you pick up your kids and you bring them on in, and, and it'll be fine. Mike and Christine Baker were on staff in Portland, and uh, the ministry that they have is Deliverance. Uh, they're different from other deliverance ministries in that they come from a perspective that um, God is a good God and he loves you and you don't have to go back and investigate all of the circumstances to be delivered. All you do is you step into the love and the grace of our Heavenly Father and things can just be eliminated. Uh, my friend Joan Porter in Portland, Oregon, when she and I were doing Freedom Encounters together, she always said, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And if anybody had a horrible childhood, it was Joan Porter. And God went back and rearranged her memories, rearranged things that she thought, feelings and emotions. Because don't you know if you're a five-year-old kid, you're going to make decisions about life that are, are incorrect? And Satan will see the giftings that are in you. We'll just use Deb as an example. Deb is born, and Satan can see that she's got certain gifts. He can't see our future, but he does see our past. So all of a sudden, he's going to do everything he can to orchestrate things in Deb's life so that it'll put her off course. He doesn't have to work particularly hard. Uh, If you remember back in your own childhood, you can probably come up with a couple of things that um, the Lord said, hmm, I would have thought you would have chosen differently. (laughs) And I, I've confessed to everybody, I was raised in a Christian home. It was kind of like Disneyland. Um, I'm an only child. My parents were older. Uh, we, I was born in the church. All our friends were church people. And yet Satan saw certain things inside of me. And even though I had a wonderful childhood, very safe, very secure, Satan orchestrated things that as a child I looked at it and took a wound. It wasn't really a wound. If I looked at it today, it would have been, get away from me. But back then, as a small child, I made a decision about life, and I took a wound. Now, we go through life, and we're fairly successful. 
And so we don't really pay attention to what those wounds are. Now, last week, I described our Christian walk as a what? Who remembers? If I did did do a good job teaching, what was it? It was something that was on a foundation. It was built. There was a wasp nest. A house. We're like a house. As a believer, we are on the rock. We are firm. We have a house. We have a family living in us, and we're going through our life And we sometimes don't pay attention that there's a mud wasp that has flown in and is beginning to build a nest under one of our eaves. We don't notice it because we've got a firm foundation. We've got a beautiful house. We've got a wonderful family living in the house. And so it just continues until all of a sudden when our children go out to play, they get stung. And we think, how did this happen? Or we didn't notice the little shingle on the top of the roof that was kind of lifted up, and it allowed water to seep in so that all of a sudden there was some rot in our attic. And then it smelled, and then there was a hole, and then it was trouble. And we're going, how did this happen? I'm a house built on the rock. I've got a good house. I've got a good family living inside of me. But we didn't pay attention. So those are the little circumstances that happen that keep us from stepping into the total plan that God has for our life. That's why we go to a freedom encounter. There are circumstances in the world going on right now that cause us to be a little bit hesitant about stepping out and doing the things that we feel called to do. And on a freedom weekend, it's kind of like taking that blanket out of the back of the car and shaking it and putting it on the line and letting the sun come in and letting the wind blow through it. And suddenly that blanket is all clean again and it's able to do its job without bringing any dust or dirt or smells when we wrap ourselves up in it. It doesn't mean that our life is bad. It doesn't mean that we can even think of something that we want changed. But it does mean that it will all of a sudden make you 100% in line with God's word. When Mike and Christine start on Friday night, uh, their normal beginning, uh, in the past at least, has been to understand the love that our Heavenly Father has for us. The world and our history sometimes makes us think that, um, and maybe even other religions that you've been involved in, that God is judging us. And he is judging us, but not the way you think. Um, We'll pretend that Deb is walking down the street, and God has a blessing for Deb. And here at New Beginnings, what have we been taught? God will give Deb a chance to do a, a mitzvah, something nice, in order for her to get her blessing. So God is on the other side of that blessing going, come on, come on, you can do it. I know you can. I've seen you do it before. Come on, you could do it. He sees her do something nice, and then he gives her the blessing. Not because it's a behavioral blessing, but because God needs to make sure that Deb is going to be okay with that blessing. Do you know what the statistics are for people who win the lottery? And how soon they're broke afterwards? Because they were never prepared. And God loves us way too much to bless us with something that we're not prepared for. Now, this would never be Deb, but just say, she stepped aside and didn't do what she was supposed to. Heaven is going to be grieved. Not because they're upset with what she decided, but because they're grieved because they're not being able to give Deb what they want to give her. And you've heard Pastor Larry talk about going around the mountain. So Deb's going to have another opportunity. 
God's going to bring something else up. Here you go, girl. We can do it this time. Amen. We know you can. And Deb has a chance to either step into her blessing or step out of her blessing. Now, if Deb had a series of making decisions that were incorrect, where would all of her blessings be? Stored in heaven. Might Deb start thinking, well, this Christian stuff doesn't work. I've been coming to church. I tithe for a couple of times, but I didn't get any money, so I quit tithing. I'm done with this stuff. Might she think that? Yeah, not our Deb, but someone could. Because they weren't in line with how much God loved them and how it's important for us to walk in integrity. Now, I've got a friend over here in the front row. She hasn't been in the class before. But um, do you remember maybe four or five Sundays ago when Pastor Larry had us kind of move through the congregation and pray for people? And that was when I discovered that at this season of my life, when the Holy Spirit hits me, I cry. I suppose it's because I wear a lot of eye makeup and God is going to go, it doesn't matter, girlfriend, whatever you put on your face is going to cry off anyway. So I'm going through the, the rows and all of a sudden I grab my, my sister here and I'm crying and praise God I've got good friends because they brought Kleenex and so forth. I mean, it was ugly. It's one of those ugly cries. Oh, it was bad. So I'm praying for her and I had this sense. It's like, okay, Lord, you're going to move mightily in this section, not because of me, but because of God. So I'm praying for her, and she gives me her, her request. It's like, okay, okay. And then I go to the very next row, and the very next row has another couple that is praying for something that she has the answer to. Remember how Pastor Larry teaches that things are going to happen real quick? It's like hot dog. And so I grabbed this couple, and I grabbed her, and it's like, you two talk to each other. And then I went continuing on. Now I followed up and discovered that there's a lot of miracles that have taken place. But it was because she was obedient. She prayed and said, Lord, what in my life needs to go? And she didn't ask for a picture of it. She didn't ask for a name. She just said, I want you to take it. I don't want it. If it's not of you, take it. And immediately there were two circumstances in her life that were taken away. Now, in the natural, had she not prayed that prayer, she might think, why are you doing this to me, Lord? Because one of them seemed to be a really nice blessing. But she had the right heart. She said, if it's not of you, I want you to take it. And as soon as those two things were gone, a better thing came into her life. See how this works? Now, she had a many... (laughs) freedom encounter, just because we prayed and God moved and moved with the other couple and things came to pass. But that's kind of why we go to a freedom encounter, not because we're sick, but because we want to stay healthy. It's kind of like our medical system right now. We go to a doctor because we don't feel good and and they don't discover why we don't feel good. They just give us a pill to make us feel better. So a freedom encounter is a way to say, okay, you don't feel so good or you're not getting the results you want. This is the cause, and let's get rid of it. Again, for those of you who weren't here last week, this is not a snot and bawling thing. This is gentle. We don't have to go back and analyze. 
We don't have to go back and relive, rethink, write down, whatever. No, it doesn't matter. What matters is there's something in our life that doesn't belong. You don't have to analyze when you've got a mud wasp building something on your, on your uh, eaves, when the thing arrived and how many little pieces there are to it and whether or not anything in there is alive. And are you going to be hurting them if you kill the mud wasp? No, no. You've got a mud wasp, and you know that if that thing stays there, it's going to produce wasps that are going to sting you, so you get rid of it. So we're not coming in to analyze. That's the booby prize. I've always said the why is the booby prize. The what is what we're going for. What needs to change? What do we need to let go of? I found it fascinating. Um, last week I brought in the book by Jonathan Kahn, and um, I do recommend that you read it only because it kind of explains what's going on in our society For those of you that are over 50 years of age, we can remember a more peaceful time in the world. We can remember when values were a bit different in the world. But Jonathan Kahn, through his research and so forth, and and he's able to connect numbers and things, just like our Pastor Larry is able to connect things about Israel. And so he very plainly lays out what has been released into our world. And again, I always say, because we're under the covering of Pastors Larry and Tiz, and because they are being pulled up by God's design into other realms, we have to clean up our act a bit more because we're being pulled up with them. So what was okay two years ago won't be okay this year. We have to watch things very carefully. So there are some good things that are coming out of a freedom encounter, and I have uh, another book today um, on exactly what will come. And by the way, um, men and women will be separate on day two. We'll come together, but then uh, Pastor Mike Baker will take the men into the Torah classroom for prayer. And then the women will stay in the uh, sanctuary with Pastor Christine. Because don't you know men have different issues that Satan attacks them on? Um, Women typically are a bit more emotional and emotional driven. But depending upon how your upbringing was, a lot of men are very um, emotional as well. And I don't mean, you know, crying and and complaining. I'm talking about that, I'm going to fight. Because they fought to survive. And so those are pieces that they'll need to lay down. Uh, Last week, Don, I told about the story of that guy that was uh, at our house uh, with the home church who had the spirit of anger on him. (laughs) And because there's new people, I do want to explain this. Um... We, had, uh, we were in the cell ministry with Pastors Larry and Tiz, and on our side of town, our, our life group, uh, we didn't call it that, but that's what it was, life group kept growing and growing, and people knew that there were miracles that were happening in our house, and so a lot of times we would have new people come that didn't even go to new beginnings, and they would visit, um, and one time a man came in, and both Don and I discerned that he had a heavy, heavy spirit of anger on him. And uh, we were sitting on the hearth of our fireplace, and um, I think it was Don that leaned in. I can't remember what it was Don or myself, but, you know, would you like that spirit of anger prayed off of you? And he responded, no. And it was like, whoa, no, you don't want it gone. And I kept looking forward, and Don kept looking forward, and we didn't say anything anymore. I mean, we got, no, he didn't want it off. And so the man left, the meeting was closed, and I looked and I said, what in the world? It's like, Lord, what is that? And he said, that he used that for control. He was unwilling to let go of what he perceived as control because he didn't trust me enough to take care of him. 
He believed that he had to have that hard shell. He had to have that aggressive conversation with people. He believed that he had to fight everyone, even those who were around him trying to help him. He was going to fight everybody. So we never know what's going to happen, but if you're coming in, don't worry if the person next to you says no to something. <laughs> it's just not their time. We'll believe that they will, next time around the mountain, that they will make the right decision. So let me read to you some of the things that um, you, you may be able to pick up, should you choose to lay down some of the things that you have. First of all, they call it a favorable judgment. Uh, that's a Jewish term, but it means the favor of God. This past weekend, I was out shopping, and I came home, and I, I talked to Don, and I said, I don't know whether God was putting angels around or whatever. And I said, do you, is there, everybody was really nice to me. And Honey, being the sweetheart that he is, he said, maybe it was your hair. Because, you know, this weekend, it was real windy, and I looked in the mirror, and it's like my hair is all sticking out everywhere, and we both laughed. And I thought, no, this was something different. It wasn't that I'm old and they were young. There was something different. I mean... I was in the grocery line, and there was a, a man holding a cake. And don't you know, I always let men holding flowers or men holding cakes go ahead of me because it's like they need all the help they can get. And so he had a cake, and I said, you go ahead of me. And then the gal that was checking me out, up until then, she'd been kind of snippy. And then all of a sudden, she got really nice, and we had a real sweet conversation. And then I was pushing my cart back to put it away because I always put my cart away. And the man said, I'll take that for you. And he grabbed the cart and put it away, and I'm thinking, what? What's going on here? And then I was at Home Goods, and people are chatting with me and talking. And that's not normal. That's not normal. I mean, I talk. You know, if, if Beverly were looking at something, I would say, isn't that just darling? And that would look good on you. You know, I, I would talk to Beverly and move on, except this time the person would say, well, thank you. And I like what you're wearing, too. I mean, there was an exchange going on. I said, Dana, what do you what do you think was going on? It's like, okay, this is favor, this is God allowing me, and not to come home exhausted, but to come home energized about having completed all of my assignments. We even found the flowers that I want for the front yard. There's two pots out front, and we even found them on sale that were you know, less money than what normal. It's like, thank you, thank you. So the first thing on this favorable judgment is, is the favor of God is going to be on you. You're going to be so clean that the Holy Spirit will just follow you wherever you go, and you won't have to fight, and you won't have to worry, and you won't have to fret. You will just receive the love of God. It's kind of like you become an empty vessel. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Remember last time I told you about the cotton candy? It wasn't cotton candy. It was a cloud. Okay, let me explain the, for the youth that weren't here last time. I have had this sensation. I wake up in the morning, and it's like I have about a foot of this fuzzy stuff around me. And I, I described it last Sunday as cotton candy. And it's all around. And you know, I said to God, what is this? And he said, it's my presence. Like, oh, goody, goody. And then I realized that at night it was gone. It was like, well, I know you're still with me. It's like, yeah, but some of your decisions and some of your thought processes, I kind of had to step away because it was stinky to me. That's my words, not his. And it's like, okay, I'm going to work really hard to keep that around me. I want to make the right choices. I want to say the right thing. I want to dodge and not take offense with everything that comes at me. And I confess that I'm still there. I've only kept it till noon. 
I still can't keep it past noon, but I'm working on it. So I'm believing the next time I teach this class that, that I will be able to say, okay, it was there. But it wasn't cotton candy. It was, it was a cloud. And, you know, last Sunday, um, the LED wall, it had those uh, clouds behind it with the blue in the middle. And I looked at it and went, oh, that's what it is. So it was the presence of God, not because I did anything, not because I am who I am, only because God loves us. And I'm believing that if any of you wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, I want to see that cloud around me, he'll show you. He'll show you. And then he'll allow you to walk through your day making decisions so that you can keep your cloud longer than I can keep my cloud. Okay, so the first thing is favor. The next thing, you're going to walk out forgiven. And what that means is that you're going to be able to forgive people. We are not denying that some people have hurt you. Some people have made decisions that were devastating to your life and to your future. But for you to hang on to that hurt, it hurts you, not them. So why would I give control to someone who hurt me to continue bothering my life? Why would I do that? Because I'm confused. Because I, realize, I haven't realized yet that God loves me so much that I can let go of that hurt. Now, Satan's going to bring it up every once in a while. And if my emotions and if my thinking aren't okay, I'll pick it up and carry it again. So at the Freedom Encounter, it's like, let go of it, forgive them, forgive yourself, fill yourself up with the love of God so that you don't let that thing back in your life again. Once you've held on to a hurt, an offense, something, then Satan knows, ah, they're vulnerable there. Let me see what I can arrange. Let me see what circumstance. Let me see who I can kind of sneak behind their head and have them say something that's going to cause them to go off track again. So number two, you're going to have forgiveness for yourself and for others. Number three, you're going to be able to accept others. There are some people in our lives that are just plain hard to love. You're not married to them, and nobody in this room is hard to love. But they may be coworkers. They may be somebody driving in front of you, behind you, beside you. There's always going to be somebody in the world that's hard to love. But at the Freedom Encounter, if you choose, you can let go of that so that your core spirit is just saturated with God's Holy Spirit. And then when someone does something that is not nice, you'll be able to say, bless them, Lord. They must be having a really bad day. Father, I know they didn't mean that. Bless them. Erase those words out of my memory, Heavenly Father. I don't want those words inside of me. I don't want those words to rattle around in my brain. I give them to you. Bless them. You'll be able to do that without having to fight and grip. Because some of you can do that now, but there's just a little bit of a uh, before you let go. Generosity. Generosity comes in a number of different forms. Some of you financially have the generosity to be able to write checks, and praise God you do. We appreciate that. Others of you have the generosity to be able to serve in time. You come and volunteer. You're here. You help. We've got a gal that works in the bookstore. (laughs) That's generosity. I'm sure there's other things she'd rather do on Sunday than come in and answer the same question 300 times from the same person that walks in or to explain what's going on. You can volunteer someplace. That's generosity. You can be friendly. 
Now, Mitch and Laura are the hosts uh, here, and, and uh, Mitch teaches quite often, but they're friendly. That's part of their generosity of being able to say, welcome, we're glad you're here. They keep track of who comes and what's happened. That's generosity. You'll be able to have a little bit more of that after the Freedom Encounter. Positive speech. I'm going to camp here for just a minute. Some of us believe that we really are positive. We really believe that we have watched our words and that we're okay. What we need to do and check up is to say, okay, how do our words affect somebody? Because I may think my words are just fine. I'm not saying anything that's going to cause any problem. But if this person reacts badly and that person reacts badly and she reacts badly and they react badly, it's not them, it's me. So if there's something going on in your life and people are saying to you, don't talk that way, don't say this, whatever, don't look at them and say, not my problem, it's your problem. We are responsible. Do you know that communication, it it, it was a word that meant to share? That's what it means. So if I'm trying to communicate with Beverly, it means that I can say something to her, but if she doesn't get it, I haven't communicated. And isn't it crazy in our society if Beverly comes back to me and says, what, what, what was that? I don't change my words. I say the same words a little slower and a little louder, thinking that somehow that's going to have her communicate. No. If I'm doing something, even though I think I'm being very gracious and loving, and Bev doesn't get it, then it's my responsibility to step back, reformat, and try it again another way. I don't blame Beverly. I don't dismiss Beverly. I don't say, ah, I didn't do that. It's not, it's not me. It's not me. It's, it's her. It's her. Uh-uh. No, on the Freedom Encounter, you're going to have an ability. It's going to be like a reprogramming of your brain to go, oh, my gosh, I don't have to get mad at that person. I don't have to be responsible. All I have to do is say, Lord, g- give me another way to say it. Whenever I teach, you hear me say, i got stuff in my brain. Lord, Fuzz out the stuff that doesn't belong and, and have the words that's supposed to be spoken, spoken. Because I got more in here than what I have a chance to say. But I don't want to say all of it. I only want to say the words that God wants me to say. Because he knows who's here. He knows who needs to hear something. You're accountable for the people around you and how they respond. You're accountable. So step back and say, okay, I think I'm being good. I don't think I'm being negative, but everybody says I'm negative, so I need to relook at it. The next one is a hard one for me. It's silence. It means that sometimes God is going to give you the strength and the fortitude to keep your mouth shut. There's going to be a thought that goes through your brain. Oh, I would love to say this. (laughs) And then that's when you grab that captive, because that really isn't you, that's Satan trying to stir you up. And you just let go and say, Father, help me, help me release this, help me release this. If, we'll say Bobby on the front row here. If Bobby is used by Satan, Satan comes behind him and gives him something to say, and Bobby says it to me. If I take offense and react, then I have planted that negativity back into Bobby. Watch this. If Satan comes behind Bobby and Bobby says something to me and I sidestep and I don't take offense and I keep my mouth shut, I've released him too. I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? But remember when I told you about my my mother-in-law, Don's mom, and how there were reasons why I 
was upset with her. I used to say, see me afterwards and I'll tell you, but I can't do that anymore. Just trust me, there were reasons. So when I forgave her, God had to give me an actual visual. God had to show me exactly what I needed to do. When I forgave her in the heavenlies, and remember the next time that I saw her? I mean, always before she'd called me by Don's first wife's name. Yeah, she never called me Nancy. And she, well, anyway, we won't go any farther. So she, I'm, she's in the assisted living home, and she you know, kind of shovels. And so I come in, and she saw me, and she starts shuffling. And I'm thinking, do I need to step aside? Do I need to watch? Is she going to hit me? And she looks up and she said, Nancy, it's so good to see you. It's like, you kidding me? She had dementia. You could barely have a conversation with Pauline that went back and forth and back and forth. But when I saw her, God said, you released her and now she is free. So whoever it is that's bugging you, this weekend, there'll be a time where you can release them, where you can say, they did the best they could with what they had to work with. Bless them, Heavenly Father. I forgive them, I forgive me, and I give it to you. And it will break in the heavenlies. That's probably the most important thing, um, besides maybe letting go and giving God everything. You see, when we grow up, remember I told you about growing up in the church, um, I was in a good Baptist church, and we supported a lot of missionaries. And um, the missionaries would come once a year and would you know, talk and, and for support. Um, my mom worked in, in fashion industry, not modeling and, and stores and so forth, but manufacturing. So we, you know, we kind of knew how to put clothes on and have things match. And it seemed to me like the missionary women came, and their hair was always kind of fuzzy, and they didn't wear any makeup, and their clothes were kind of drab. And I remember looking at them thinking, oh, Lord, bless them. Oh, I don't want to be them. And as I was growing up, this one little piece of me I had tucked away, because it's like, Lord, don't send me to Africa. Because the only people I had ever seen looked unhealthy, and I didn't like their style. So Satan allowed me to make that decision, and I hung on to it. Well, you remember I told you about the couple that we were in the Bible study with, you know, Barney and Esther McLean. So Barney and Esther went to the mission field after he retired. I'm in college by this time, and I am heartbroken. I mean, Esther always wore pink, and she was always dressed up, always in heels, always had back then, the gloves, the hat, the purse, the whole nine yards. And I'm thinking, how in the world is Esther going to survive? And that piece that I'd always kept private was just right there, breaking. My heart was breaking for Esther. Well, they came back from the mission field, and so I hurried to church. I was in college. I'd stopped going because I wanted to see how bad did Esther look. And I noticed her hair's still good. Her face is magnificent. She's wearing an incredible outfit. Like, how long has she been home, and how long did it take her to get back to her normal self? So I went up to Esther and said, Esther, Honey, you look beautiful. And she said, thank you. She says, isn't this dress something? I said, yes. I said, where were you? And she said, oh, well, Barney had business relationships with Japan. And so we were invited to come and minister to business leaders in Japan. She said, you wouldn't believe it, Nancy. We lived in a home and I had a chef. I had a driver. I had a seamstress. I had someone that took care of my yard. And I'm looking at her 
I said, I had this idea that you were going to be in Africa. And God gave Esther, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. God gave Esther the ability to see into me. And she said, Nancy, if God had wanted you to go to Africa, he would have given you a love for animals in the outdoors. And that piece that I had set aside just snapped. It was like, I don't have to not go to Africa. If God wanted me to go to Africa, he would have made me love the outdoors and love animals and not be so concerned with eye makeup and lipstick and what shoes I was wearing. So God made me the way that I am so that I could go into corporate America. I could have my ministry in the marketplace. I could deal with business people. I could have that as my mission field. And I got to tell you, it feels a lot better letting go of that piece I was hanging on to. But that's what Satan does to us. He tricks us. He makes us think that something is wrong. And God is going, my child, let go. You have no idea the beauty that I've got for you. So silence just means that you keep your mouth shut when somebody does something to you so that you can step aside and you don't take the wound. The next one is renewal. Most people come to a freedom weekend because they want to be renewed. They want to be filled with the Spirit. And that is part of it. But I would say to all of you, before you sign up, and by the way, uh, Pastor Lydia had said to sign up at the Welcome Center. Um, You'll need to sign up online. You go to our church website, and then there's a box that talks about the Freedom Weekend, and you just fill that out. We need to have a complete head count of who's coming because we're serving lunch on Saturday. So just register online. The renewal part comes if you're clean. You say, why would we have two classes on the pre-freedom encounter? Because I want you to let go of as much junk as you possibly can right now. Some of you that have been with me for both of these classes, you've already identified certain spots that you want to shake out of your house, certain things that you want to get cleaned out of your attic certain mud wasp nests that you want to clear out so that you don't have to go through all of that to get to the goal that God has for you. I want you as empty as possible, as forgiven as possible, as loving as possible, so that when you show up, you can get double and triple and quadruple blessings and renewal. That's what God wants to do for you. That's why in Portland, we have these renewals every quarter. And every single one, every quarter, God would show me one more thing that I needed to repent of or let go of or do every single time. And I would think, why didn't you show that to me in the beginning so I could get all this done? He said, you would have fallen over in a faint. (laughs) God doesn't just show us everything. It's moment by moment, layer by layer, piece by piece. So don't miss this opportunity to come and have God renew you. And the last thing is happiness. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God inhabits the praises of his people. Those are sentences that we say so often that we sometimes even forget what they mean. Joy is a choice. I can have joy no matter what is going on around me. And I can praise God because I need his help. So if I'm looking at a situation, I'm going to pray once, take the authority in the name of Jesus and by his blood, speak to that circumstance, command it to leave, and that's all the fighting I do. Because is the battle already won? Who won the battle? Jesus on the cross. Yes. 
And he said, it is finished. And we read that and we think, oh, bless his heart. He meant his life. It is finished. No, he meant the battle is finished. He's paid the whole price. So all I have to do is take the authority in his name and by his blood speak to that circumstance. And then I start praising God. Why? Because God inhabits the praise of his people. Yes. So I don't have to go hunting for dust bunnies. I don't have to have this. What's, this, what's the name of that spirit? I don't have to do that. All I have to do is speak to it and tell it to go and then praise God. Say, well, now, Nancy, that's fine for you, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't know what I'm living with. Yeah, I do. There was a time in my life where I had to find something to be grateful for because I had heard a sermon that said you have to be grateful. And I'm looking around my life and it's like, no, 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 no. And I'm in the shower and I'm thinking, I'm grateful that I have a shower. That was all I could come up with. So trust me when I say, let go. Don't fight Praise God. Thank him. And then know that he inhabits those praises, and that allows him interest to take care of the circumstance. Sometimes when you made it through some battles and you're up front holding a mic, you think we haven't gone through anything. Um, Before we started recording this, we were talking about Pastor Tiz and all the things that she's going through right now with health. And um, Beverly is the one that said, you know, sometimes God allows us to go through a health thing, not because we have to be punished, certainly not, and not because we're not going to be healed, because we are, but because we're going to be ministering to somebody who would never be in church, and they would never have an opportunity to hear the love of God. Have you ever thought about that? Now, I'm famous for driving and obeying the rules. And when I get to a stoplight, If that stoplight turns red and I really am in a hurry, the first thing I do is, Father, there must be a reason why you've stopped me with this stoplight. So I thank you for saving me from whatever accident or whatever I didn't need to see. I keep my joy. That's all I'm going to say about that. Nobody turn around and look at my husband. Okay. So, Freedom Encounter. Go. Be prayed up. Take care of as many issues in your own life as you can. I'm not denying the fact that some of you are going through some stuff, but I'm denying it's right to be rattling around in your brain and in your emotions. And if you continue making decisions based on emotions, you'll continue living a life of, ugh. That's a technical term, Beverly. So put your emotions in the hand of God and say, I give you my emotions. I give you my thoughts, Heavenly Father. I give you my words. And if my words are not creating peace for the people around me, then give me new words. Read your Bible. Find new words in the Word of God. He'll bring those things to you. Don and I have been praying for some things recently, and I woke up in the middle of the night with my left hand up in the air and a, a praise song going through my mind. And it's like, your hand is in the air and you were asleep. I mean, trust me, God is trying everything imaginable. It would have been my, my desire that he would have given me that song during the day, but he must have seen how I let the presence of him go, and I can't trust her with that song in the daytime. So I'm going to give it to her at night and let her raise her hand and praise God. Think about how much God loves you. Think about this opportunity that New Beginnings is welcoming this pastor and her husband to come and then show up as clean as you possibly can so that the glory cloud will fall on the rest of the audience. Amen? 
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have brought us here at New Beginnings. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are picking us up. For those who are really hurting, Heavenly Father, thank you that you are picking them up. They are releasing the hurt. They're releasing the the memories. They're releasing all those things, Lord, and that you're allowing them to walk in integrity and in joy. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now be with Pastor Tiz, be with Pastor Larry and their family. Thank you for the opportunity in this ministry. And bless everyone, Father. They have invested in time this morning, so reward them by expanding their time in the afternoon. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Good to see you all.